Aw, oh, man. I can't write anything anymore, David. I like the creativity right now. Maybe a nice home-cooked dinner will help, Donald. I don't know. I've tried everything. Wait, what's that, a bean burrito? Uh-huh. Already cooked and prepared. I hear you've been suffering some severe writer's block lately. So I wanted to help you feel better. Oh, thanks. Mm. Good burrito, David. <gasps> I know exactly what to write next! Of course you do, Donald. That's because you ate some of the Ritwit-sponsored Cerebral Stimulation Beans. Every writer gets writer's block, and we've always yearned for that instant way out of our funks to get our creativity back. We all have our methods, but they're not always successful or instant. That's where our sponsored cerebral stimulation beans come in. They're really tasty, too. Of course! That's the plot twist my story's been needing! These specialized beans are grown with specific cerebral stimulating chemicals that trigger the creative juices in your brain to start pumping. Beans were chosen due to their naturally reactive properties. Thus, the cerebral stimulation process is conducted through the same biological mechanisms generating the methane in your body's gastrointestinal regions. Whoa! I just fully outlined 12 sequels to this story! This will be an epic that'll rival the Trojan Cycle! Our Ritwit sponsored beans come in all the flavors you'd ever want. Black beans, pinto beans, refried beans, green beans, string beans, lima beans, chili beans, jelly beans, you name it. Let me also demonstrate the wonderful effects of our product. Whoa! A gothic horror story? I never thought about writing that and now I've got the best idea for one. Ah, that's the subplot I'll have for that side character. What a beautiful romance these two characters will have. So many ideas. So many wonderful ideas. Try our new Ritwit sponsored cerebral stimulation beans today. Guaranteed to spice up your stories, your dinner, and your aftermath. Good ad there, David. That was certainly something, Donald. <laughs> Welcome back, by the way. Like, you're back after such a long yes, time. Yes, we had a couple of surprises in there. I didn't expect the holiday episode so soon after the regular December one, well, so that was really thanks. cool. Um, yeah, originally it was just to be one episode, but then my, one of my good friends, Christina, wanted to do another one, and she was available, so we just decided to do one off the blue. Like, who cares about regular scheduling? And we can do more than the usual, then sure, why not? Yeah, so long <laughs> as it works. But hey. It's because it's been a while, I asked Donald if I could do this, so he graciously allowed me the opportunity to say, Welcome, fellow nerds, to another episode of The Ritwit, where us two twits pretend to know everything important about pop culture as an excuse to not just talk about ridding for one award ceremony per year. Good enough. All right, I'll take it. All right, I'm Matt Donald. And I'm Matt David. Yep, you join me once more. <laughs> Back again. Uh, have you been, man? You know, I have a little right to complain. I have a new machine I'm recording on, so that's kind of nice. We hopefully won't have nearly as many problems, oh, except, yeah. of course, now I'm sick. Thank you, world. Uh, if there's not technical difficulties, there's health difficulties, aren't there, David? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. But it has been a while, and so I wanted to give myself a chance to do our regular segment 
before we get into the thing, of course, you've all been waiting for so eagerly since we did the first one last year. Oh, yeah. Our second annual Witties. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk about that in a little It's going to be a blast, though. So many prestigious... I don't know. I'm, I'm a writer, guys. So many different <laughs> adjectives that aren't coming up. Anyway, Look at all these tuxes. Look at all those dresses. Oh, all the dresses are blacked for, for political reasons. Just how nice of them. <laughs> so just like the Goldens. The Golden Globes, I mean. I'm really good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, pretend to know everything about pop culture, right? All right, so... Usual segments, starting with what will we rip off from this month? Since it's been a while, you'll do the honors of beginning. Well, thank you. Actually, I've got a few Mm -hmm. because it's been a couple of months, so I'm going to try and do these quickly. Of course. I was listening again to my original Broadway cast recording for the musical Spring Awakening came out in the 2000s. Yes, of course. Do want to warn you listeners, consume with caution. It is not a kid-friendly show. The subject matter is very adult. Mm. But the reason I want to rip off something from this... You know, I was not a normal teenager <laughs> because I like I didn't seem to have nearly the dramatic issues that a lot of my friends did. It didn't seem like things That's a good issue to not have. Well, it's a good problem <laughs> to have, I suppose. But it means that when yeah. it comes to writing teenage characters, especially now as a 20-something, you know, they don't strike mm. other people as realistic. And so, I have to remember mm. that, you know, sometimes everything is drastic for a teenager. And so, like, especially love. Right. It's like a matter of life and death. Right. Oh, yeah. They make everything backwards. All the priorities are backwards. Like, oh, if I wear this wrong shirt, I'll be made fun of for the rest of my life. Or, alternatively, ooh, I really want to have sex with a person who's a different colored skin tone so I can see what tone a baby pops out. I've heard that before. I'm like, come on, people. Some of the things I heard in high school, man, like, they were just ridiculous. It's the priorities are completely flipped. Like, But it reminds me that I was not a regular teenager. And so how do I make them more realistic? Right, of course. By tapping more into that emotional side. By letting them be, naturally, who they are. And so that's the thing. Yeah. I had a project, and they probably weren't too realistic because I based them more off of what I remembered from my teenage years, which was not the same as most of my friends' experience. I think... It might be easier for adults to write about teenagers and kids than it is for teenagers and kids to write about it. Which sounds, like, counterintuitive, but, like, looking back on it, you have the advantage... We have hindsight. Yeah, like, you have the advantage of seeing what worked and what didn't, and then you can incorporate that in your writing. Like, a teenage writer might be like, oh, I can write teenagers well because I am a teenager, and I can relate. I mean, that's true to an extent. I don't know. I mean, and then if you're a really good writer, you know, it doesn't really matter, but, like... But for the most of us, it's probably a lot easier to do it as an adult because we can look back. Well, my director used to have this saying... Hindsight is twenty twenty. Foresight is zero zero. Ah, well, yes. <laughs> another piece of evidence in the I don't handle teenagers very well department. Mm. I was rewatching Power Rangers Turbo. Oh. I do have to clarify. This is a little different than the one I used last time because this was after the cast changed over in that show. And for the first time in Power Rangers history, they had like these two girls who found the same guy that they liked. And so they started undercutting each other and all the hijinks that ensue with that. That is interesting. When In terms of love triangles, I don't know if it's like sexist or just a weird thing about gender stereotypes, but like when it's a love triangle and there's two girls, it's usually played for comedy. But when it's a love triangle and there's two guys, it's usually played for drama. What's up with that? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe because catfight is what people assume if it's two girls, which is sexist in and of itself. But well, I, I mean, know. the other realistic thing is what's their target audience? Right. I Obviously, suppose. if you're going to have more girls watching that, then it's 
Drama's probably okay, but you know, the guys want to watch the potential cat fight, so they play it off as That's human. true. So I guess, like, yeah, if it's two girls and it's a work aimed at girls, it might be more dramatic. That makes sense. Okay. It wouldn't be my thought. Right, sorry, Anyways, it wonderfully encapsulated all the things that I forget to write about teenage characters since I wasn't a typical teenager. Mm-hmm. A couple of other things, I continued my Power Rangers kick of late with Power Rangers right. in space. <gasps> in space! It followed Turbo using <laughs> most of the same characters, and I've seen the source show, the one that it came from. And, like, I was watching this, and I was like, wow, they're doing this in a completely different order than I would expect. Let's just say that usually Ranger teams get new equipment somewhere mm. along the way, and where they got this new equipment compared to the source show was really early and so i'm like well they don't have to be beholden to the exact order do they right if you want to tinker with it if it fits the story you want to tell don't be afraid to tinker with the source info that's what i'm taking away from now that makes sense finally there is a third series produced by the same japanese company that's responsible for super sentai and common rider it's called metal heroes and the very first show of that series was released in the 80s it's called space sheriff gava (laughs) And the main character is played by this guy who was in the Super Sentai series before as a suit actor. That's cool. So he's very fluid moving with his body. You watch the action scenes and he's so fast. It's so smooth. And I'm just thinking, wow, I love being able to watch this. But could I Mm -hmm. describe that way that it looks so it feels so it reads that fluid? And I had to think, really, I'm not good at that. That's, it's definitely difficult. So what I'm resolving to do, thanks to Gavin, is, you know, whether it's just looking at the scenes on that show and trying to make them fit, like what I'm seeing, how do I describe that, and just getting mm-hmm. more practice with that so that eventually, someday, my action scenes will read so realistically, smoothly, quickly, right. fluidly. And my gosh, that guy is just amazing. The things he can do, mm-hmm. like, my jaw drops. Right. It sounds fun. I like the idea of, like, having a person like that as the star of this series to make the action really fluid. Like, for Phantom Menace, the first Star Wars prequel, right, um, Darth Maul was played by a stunt guy. Like, he didn't really have a lot of dialogue. I mean, like, Ray Park is his name, and he's, he's an actor, but, like, he's not really known for... He's more known for his choreography and flips. He was also in the first G.I. Joe movie. He was uh, Snake Eyes, which helped because he didn't talk. But they, they picked him specifically so Darth Maul could have all these cool flips as he was, like, doing that dirt, tw- double-bladed lightsaber about... You could really work with it. So probably because, you know, it's also really difficult to have a stunt person and the normal actor be in the makeup to get that Darth Maul makeup. You want to minimize that as much as possible. So, <laughs> Well, my take on it is this. If you have somebody who is gifted physically and they also happen to do their own stunt work, it saves you a lot of time. That said, sometimes there are actors who aren't really good at moving that way. Who Absolutely. aren't very good at doing it. And so finding those is really helpful. And especially with this show where he moves, he does his own stunts. So Thankfully, suit, thanks to CGI, it's a lot easier now. And he does his yeah, own stunts. And outside of the suit, he does them as well. And mm-hmm. so the fights all look the same. They look so fluid. Right. It's great. Nice, nice. It doesn't, like, throw you off, yeah. All right. But enough about me. Even if I've been gone, what are you going to rip off from this month, Donald? Well, um, okay. I'm a little embarrassed. Um, I get on to you for so long about... Like, oh, you haven't seen this classic movie. Oh, you haven't seen this classic movie. And to be fair, you haven't seen those classic movies. But there was one classic movie that I have not seen. And you have seen this. And I just saw it for the first time. Titanic. Oh, my God. 
I saw this for the very first time a few weeks ago. I'd, okay, to be fair, I'd seen parts of it before. Actually, my family went to Russia a while back, yep. and we saw like a Russian dub of it, so I don't remember anything of it. I was also very young at the time, and so I don't really think that counts. Like, I've seen clips of it. I know the pop culture. I know everything that happens in it, but I'd never actually seen it as a movie before. And so it was kind of I wasn't sure how I'd go into it, be like, oh, is this overrated? Kind of like how you did with Avatar. Like, I just, the, the hype at the point... Like, because you only saw half of that movie, and for you, like, the hype at that point had gotten so strong that you just started getting this real aversion to it. Like, just like... And that's how I thought I was going to be. Uh, but actually, no, I wasn't. Like, I was really impressed by it. Like, It's ironic we're talking about two James Cameron movies, but okay. Well, I think it's actually not ironic at all. It's that way for a reason. Like, he... That guy, he strikes lightning so many times that he's basically Hollywood Zeus. <laughs> like, he's just... I don't know how he does it. Like... I'm concerned about the Avatar sequels taking so long, but at the same time, I'm really excited because he's putting his all into them. Like, I've heard he wants to do glasses 3D. Good luck! <laughs> I'm not even sure how they do that. Nintendo 3DS did that, but that was on a little scale. So, I don't know. Anyways, so, uh, Titanic. Um, I really liked it. Um, it does a good job of keeping me in suspense right. and showing the intensity of the ship sinking, of course. Even though, again, like I've said, I have no everything that happens, and I know... Spoiler alert for Titanic. <laughs> I know that Leonardo DiCaprio dies at the end. <laughs> but, like, it does a really good job of, like, getting you to care about them. And, yeah, like, the romance is cheesy, but it's intentional. And, like I said, you care about them, so it works, in my opinion. Um, I just like them as people. Like, and I think they do a good job of making you, like, care about them, like I said. And, like, in terms of Leonardo DiCaprio dying, uh, people have always gotten on to, like, oh, but that door that she's on is so big that he could easily fit on them. Yes, in terms of area, it's big enough. In terms of buoyancy... <laughs> Right. If he got on it, they'd probably both sink it. They'd both freeze to death. So he... And plus, he had to die. That's how the story was written. So, like, people need to shut up about that. Like, yes, the door looks big enough, especially when you see it from a shot up above. It's the frigid waters. It's freaking freezing. So if it gets on there, it will sink, and they will both die of hypothermia. So... He's doing it on purpose. Heroic sacrifice, if you... Indeed. Um, but in terms of um, what I'm going to rip off specifically, two things. Well, there are two things I've noted. Um, one of them is what I'm going to rip off. Um, that one is the incredible attention to detail. As it were. James Cameron put so much effort into this. He put so much work into like studying how it all worked. And like the layout of the ship is incredible. It's like the Titanic. It's like, like the way it sinks is pretty much exactly how it sinks, down to the runtime. Because the movie's like three hours long. It took like the Titanic an hour and a half to sink. And that's how long it takes in movie. It sinks in real time. Right. <laughs> exactly the same way it would. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this is also his only non-sci-fi movie. It's sort of like the opposite of Don Bluth last time you were here with Titan A, which was his only sci-fi movie. This is his only non-sci-fi movie. But he did it specifically because he liked the Titanic and he's a submersible diver, so he wanted to go dive to find the Titanic. But so he did it because it was a passion project sort of thing. So you can tell based on how much effort... Like, all the characters, other than the main characters, of course, they're all historical people. Like, Molly Brown is on there of the unsinkable Molly Brown. She's survived many ships sinking, including the Titanic. That's how she got her name. Um, she's in there um, as our the captain and a lot of important historical people. Um, and the professor. And all of a sudden, we're on Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Iceberg, more like it. <laughs> they're not lasting long there, let me say. Oh, man. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I like that. Um, the other thing I noted, and... I, I guess I could rip this off. I don't know. PG-13 boobs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know how rare that is? I think this is the only one. Like, there, maybe there are other older ones. Okay, yeah, before there was a PG-13 rating, I think there were actually some PG movies back in the day that might have shown some of it. But, like, usually, especially nowadays, when you show a female nipple, it's automatic R. Even if the rest of the movie is squeaky clean. That's just the way it works. Well, I imagine if you're getting to that point in the movie, I imagine it's not squeaky squeaky clean but well I mean to be fair it happens in this movie because she's drawing her 
Like, it's not necessarily sexual. I mean, it's treated like romantic, and it is sexual, of course, because they like each other. But right. it, in the context, it wasn't. They, now they do have sex later, and there is no nipple there I trapped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. Deal with it, okay? <laughs> I'm a straight man, which we'll get into later. <laughs> well, we'll deal with that later. Well, anyways, I'm just saying, only James Cameron, with all the power he has at his disposal to strike so much lightning, he has the power to keep it PG-13, and for that, I deeply deeply thank him it's only one scene get over yourself i'm so anyway. alone listeners i'm so alone <laughs> i don't even have porn i rely on pg-13 boobs that's not true you know i'm gonna edit this out please censor that in editing, maybe i won't please. maybe i will who knows all right what what we what have writ is next what have you writ twit well uh, i back. know back after so long of an absence um, I was thinking of a word that it means back or return that ends in it's, but I can't think of one, so who cares? Move on. <laughs> Anyhow, last time I was on the podcast, I talked about doing NaNoWriMo and how I was working on finishing a story. Right. I am proud to announce that I did. I finished the draft for it. It's called Shattered Creek. It's a project that I've been working on somewhat infrequently for many years. But, I'm applauding you, know, you because this has been a really big achievement for you. And, like, this is actually, I think, one of the first times you actually finished a story, I think you said. And, like, that's really cool. Yes. Like, outside of creative writing class where the assignments are due. It's, like... And, you know, like, this is the first time I can think of that I have finished a story that I started, which was an original idea. Well, no joke, no sarcasm here. Well done, David. Like, seriously. It's a, it's a real achievement. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Now, obviously, I do have to, you know, edit if I want to do anything more with that. Well, of course. So maybe, you know, that maybe includes making my teenage leads a bit more realistic. Whoops. I mean, you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> if I don't decide to scrap it too soon, you know, maybe there's even a sequel. <gasps> you know, I just want to take a brief moment. I have actually had the sequel plan for this. Since I did the original story. Nice. But I have not told Donald until right now that there is a sequel. Well, I, I read these notes we've had earlier. So, uh, a little peek behind the curtain there. but So I did know it a little bit. So I was thinking, though, um, I want to... Since the sequel, which... Okay, I'm not trying to do a segue into the next one unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Well, I was going to do um, that little thing where you still see that one note there. I was going to make a little joke about... Okay, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Well, I guess I can segue into that. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I'm publishing the sequel to my Megazoic book soon, and I was thinking, like, next episode we could talk about sequels. Or maybe, like, one time later, when you actually start writing yours. Because it's an interesting topic on its own, like, how to follow a story based on one that you've already written. You know, like, what do you do differently? Should it be the same, or should it be... Actually, if we keep this in, it'll be funny, but, um... I already have a bit of experience doing a sequel of a story we haven't finished. He just, you know, ideally the idea of advancing it. Okay, well then let's 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 aim for that for the February episode. So So yeah, you know, obviously if I do something with a sequel it'll be interesting, but you know, hopefully someday there's, you know, publishing the first if it's really good enough, but knowing me it probably means self publishing well that's okay um that's what i did there's nothing to be ashamed of it just means you have to promote it yourself (laughs) but if you do that i'll try to make sure everyone i know gets at least a word of it (laughs) so we'll see how it goes but anyway what have you written all right what i've written you mean yes to use our incorrect grammar correctly you've been gone for two months you know you're allowed some leeway about the vocabulary of this show (laughs) um Alright, so I'm in the final stages of editing the Primeval Power. And now, and editing, it's all done. I'm in the final stages of publishing the Primeval Power, I mean. Um, so, it's pretty cool. I just submitted the draft um, for them to approve it. It should take 24 hours, so... Um, after that, I can order a proof copy. Um, but I'm pretty excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. You've already got the first one out there. And now you've already got the second one ready to go and 
just about published. That's really awesome. I'm really excited to see it next to the first one. Like, in terms of, like, how it looks. Like, this one's a little bit bigger, but I'm like, ooh, how much bigger? Like, I, I can visualize it, like, in terms of word count. Absolutely, of course I can. I, I can see the exact word count difference. But in terms of book, I don't know. Like, I'm curious. Yeah, <laughs> and you will find out very soon. I will. Exciting! Yeah, it is pretty exciting. But that's pretty much it from what I've got. I'm Of course, I've been writing other things, like the third book and uh, I've come up with a lot of little ideas for what I want to do after I'm done with all this whole megazoic thing. Oh really? <laughs> you have? That's this news. insignificant <laughs> book about dinosaurs with oh I love this book, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> one of the ideas I came up with, I was joking with my mother cuz like we're selling this book actually pretty well I might say in a lot of like museums and like other dinosaur related stuff. And the nice thing is that since it's about dinosaurs, I can sell it places like that. If it was just a generic fantasy, they wouldn't accept it, so but it gives, allows me to get publicity, and it's selling pretty well out there. Like a lot of them, they need to get more, and like my dad's been sending it to some people, and they've all really liked it. And they've been sending it to their friends, so word is getting out there. It's, it's it's happening. I had a real life friend who visited Denver, and one of the museums they went to had Megazoic on the stands, and so he pointed it out to his traveling companion and said, "I know the guy who wrote that." <laughs> I gave him crap because apparently he didn't buy it. And so I said, what's the point in that? Uh, I mean, it's okay. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't, if he bought it or not, it wouldn't affect me because the museum gets all that money because I let them have all of it. I don't get any of it because I, that way they're more excited to sell it, you know? So plus I'm all about publicity right now. I, they bought it from me, of course, but sure. Everything they get from it is pure profit. So, but it's a one-time fee. So, right, yeah. so everything royalties and all, etc., is there. But yeah, so that's fine. That's pretty cool. I like how he said, like, I know that guy. I don't know if I know that guy. He knows me through you. (laughs) Exactly. He knows a guy who knows that guy. Second, third, and somehow, anyway. I was was joking with my mother. Since it's about paleontology, I can sell it to these places. I was like, hmm, maybe I should really write a story about geology. That way I can sell it at, like, rock shops. (laughs) Or, like, like gym stores or jewelry stores or something. It was a joke, but then I started thinking about it. Oh, my God. And then the very, very rudimentary sort of idea popped in my head. And again, it's going to be very silly because all my ideas are very silly at first and I kind of need tweaking later. Uh, but I, I'm probably just going to be like kind of more humorous because that's what my stories often are. But like, there's like, I imagine it's like this sort of secret sort of government thing, kind of like Men in Black. Um, but they're like, they're geologists. And so they have a cover of what they really do because everyone thinks geology is so boring. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, what do you do? I'm a geologist. Ugh, never mind. But in truth, actually, they go fight wars underground against magma lords and other sorts of, uh, and maybe some sorts of these various monsters that are based off of the various sort of gems and stuff, like cobalt or like, like silicon-based life forms, but they're all based on like real rocks and minerals. And like, it could be kind of oh, fun. Oh my like, goodness. Again, there's really nothing much to it. I, I mean, not in terms of right now, but it's something I could work with like, so long as you don't steal the names i've already co-opted for some of my villains in a certain season i'm writing we'll talk about that off camera that's right? okay i mean i'll try not to i mean if i do you'll i'm sure you'll let me know and i can change it <laughs> so but like i don't know, i think it'd be fun uh like these magma lords i guess we're actually the ones responsible for volcanic eruptions anytime they have volcano eruptions because these guys don't stop them or you know they let it go because you know nature needs to run its course which brings the question i kind of like having a joke that all my stories kind of take place in the same continuity. Where the hell were these guys during the Mesozoic period? <laughs> you surely what the... is the field of geology created after humans? Right, surely. I guess. But I feel like if these dinosaurs had such advanced technology, they'd be able to peer into a volcano like, oh, wait, there's there's a big guy down there. <laughs> he's, he's making all the volcanoes go off. Now, to be fair, there was a big volcanic eruption 500,000 years or so before the meteor hits. Um, I recently found out about this. It was in India. Maybe... They looked into that, and then they're like, nope. And then they just ignored it. <laughs> I don't know. But 
Point is, I was thinking about, like, hmm, I guess that's how I'd have to do books now in the future. Pick a museum <laughs> or someplace to sell these books and figure out how can I make sure that this museum or whatever can sell this book. Eventually, if you become successful enough that somebody wants to publish your work, they might also take some of that decision-making out of your hands by, like, you know, try and make for this audience. And that accomplishes the same purpose, but it's not as selective, right. I suppose. No, that's totally fine. Well, plus it'd be kind of fun if, like, something that completely unexpected is like, hey, you, you do this, write the story so we can put it here. I'm sure. like, um, okay, I have to think about it. How do I do it? Um, oh, okay. And, like, that'd be kind of interesting. Like, someone gives me sort of, like, not necessarily a prompt, because there's really nothing there, but just sort of, like, a push in one direction. Like, the very, very first direction. <laughs> they give you the seed. You get to take it. Right, exactly. And make it so. grow. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much what I've written or have thought in my weird little head <laughs> hey that's okay so. i should mention if you're going to talk about that that i have been doing a lot of work very recently on some of my fan fiction as well go for it progress is progress it's not great but if it leads to more and it gets me better at writing which mm. you know is why i kind of like being a co-host on this podcast right. oh it's so good to be back you know it, it's definitely something to waste my time right of course even if i never end up publishing mm. it even if the story doesn't work out because i just find a better idea or whatever you know absolutely like any writing is good like yeah i'm published now and not to be like smug about it, but like still but like the thing is like everything that anyone writes a lot of it's never gonna be published like even i've got a question for you yeah. Are you supporting yourself with money you've made from writing? No, not even close. <laughs> then it's not enough. So don't worry about feeling smug. You're published. Be proud of it. Right, right, Just of course. Just keep thanks. working. Well, thanks. Uh, no, I am still working. The point is, like, well, what I was going to say, though, is that, like, even though I'm published, there's so much stuff that I haven't written that will never be published. Like, <laughs> thus far, for how much I've written throughout my entire life, I'm committing myself a serious writer. There's only one book, soon to be two, but still... That I've published. Only one Although, work. Although, to be fair, I believe that's not the only work you've managed that is publishable. Right, but... I mean, maybe we can't call Future World in that <laughs> camp as, like, original stories or almost original For stories. more information on that, listen to a future Patreon-exclusive episode, <laughs> What Else We at the Ritwit Have Writ. I don't know if that's a cheap plug, because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I was gonna say, are we still... <laughs> we haven't, like, decided if we're sure to do that or not. We're doing it! Cheap plug! Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Peer pressure. Sounds good. All right. So, shall we get into? Yeah. Anyways, that's about our regular segments because obviously the main attraction that you've all been waiting so eagerly for the last like all this thirty minutes. Oh, you've been waiting all year since the last one. Thirty minutes extra after the you know plus a year. <laughs> that thirty minutes and three hundred and sixty-five days. These are our twenty eighteen second annual writ quit. Witties. Bum 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 bum. Let's see. What's okay? Well, I need to do a song. Um. All right, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip off the Tiny Tunes theme song. <laughs> we're witty. We're ready. We're really both quite pretty. But you can't see us cause it's cause it's audio format. So take our word for it. We're ready. We're witty. We're really kind of shitty. <laughs> I'm going to censor that out because that's the way it is by committee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> well done, sir. I give you credit for that. Mm. <laughs> you know, it'd be very nice to do, like, you know, the best picture and stuff like that. You know, the ones that are really obvious categories, but, you know, we're never normal, and besides, well, and plus we're pointing out... We'll get to that eventually, and also, but, the, those are always blast anyways, so... And plus, yeah, we, never, we don't name... We we, don't name no, these. we don't name these typically, no. But what I was saying is, you know, the one that they say you've been waiting for, 
We don't really have a best work we've writ award because, frankly, both of us. Oh, right. In terms of our self stuff, yeah. Only finished like one story this year, so it's kind of Megazoic: The Primeval Power is the best work I have written of the year. It wins by default because it's the only one I finished. Oh, (laughs) by default. But hey, what about Shattered Creek? Oh, that one's the best one you've written by default. There's a sequel. So that's our winners. Then they win by default. Exactly. So, so, so much fun. Anyways, <laughs> so we have to talk about other people's projects, what other people have writ. So Exactly. More professional than us, if you can believe that. Well, better than us, but we are still better than you. We're better than you, but not them. Oh, God, no. <laughs> we we before them. Okay. Well, actually, no, it depends on some of these. We'll, we'll get to it. All right, so first up. All right, so first category. The best work we haven't seen slash read slash Played. Or works we need to rip off. This is basically the works that like <laughs> other people are screaming at us. You gotta watch this. You gotta rip this off, and we just pff, we haven't yet. Okay, to be fair, I've ripped off. Well, I've seen one of these, and you haven't, so that's why it's here. But <laughs> unlike last time, though, we've actually specified which one is gonna be our winner this time, so it should be more focused. Well, I seem to remember last time we did the whole we justified why they were nominees, and then maybe if we had more explanation. But anyway, nominee Logan. Everything I've heard about this one sounds great. Like, so that's why I think we should rip it off eventually. What do you think? Well, it's worth a nominee. And, you know, I'm very... I'm very much in love with superheroes and the idea of it. And so, you know, an R-rated superhero film? Awesome. That's, like, serious instead of, like, jokey like Deadpool. It's a different kind of R-rated superhero Well, and it was gory because it was Wolverine in his most un... Well, of course. Finally. He's finally true Wolverine. You you need to censor for the PG-13 audience, but with R, you can go all out. I love that about it. Cool. All right. Nominee. Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a PS4 exclusive that I really should play because it has robot dinosaurs. (laughs) It's, um... I'm not a big fan of open world games, though, so I don't know. But I just thought I'd put it on here because it's really well... People seem to really like it. how open the world is. That's up to the player, right? You can choose how far you go, right? I mean, it's just you have this area, you have this area. Well, I... Uh, you got to collect stuff. Well, there's, like, main quests, there's side quests, there's... I suppose I'm thinking of Skyrim, but there are games like it, too. But, like, you can... No, it's like no, Skyrim. That's not the right name. There was one where you could traverse the entire universe if you wanted to. It takes, like, so many days. That's No Man's Sky. That's a pure sandbox. So it's not like that. It's more like Skyrim. Right. And so some people really like that because they can craft their own adventure on an epic scale. And they're right. There are so many options. I just get overwhelmed. Eh, like that's fair. Like, that's why I prefer more linear things. So, I don't know. That's just me, though. Right. Nominee. Wonder Woman. I've seen this one. And I really liked it, but you haven't, so. Yep. That's why it's on there. <laughs> you sexist pig, you. No, okay, it's not because <laughs> she's a female that I haven't seen. It's because being in Japan, well, let's just. Okay, here's a small spoiler. The first time that I got to a movie theater since I arrived in Japan, we'll talk about it a little bit later because it comes up in one of our categories. But, like, Wonder Woman did come out here, of course. But, like, I didn't have anyone to see it with, so I didn't go. Of course. I probably should have because I really wanted to see it. I hate seeing movies alone anyways. I don't know why. You're not supposed to talk during movies. Not that that stops me. But I really shouldn't talk. That doesn't stop you. So, like, I don't get why it's so hard people see movies by themselves. Maybe because I want the company sitting in a dark theater. But you're not talking to them. You're watching the movie. Right. But, like, you do it in concert with them kind of thing. I mean... I guess that's true. You get to hear when they laugh. You get to see when they cry. Well, I mean, they enhance your experience, too. Theoretically. 
Right. Well, that's why it's a lot of times when, like, when you're in a movie, the theater experience is a very real thing. Like, something that's sort of funny seems a lot funnier if a bunch of other people in the theater are laughing at it. So. Absolutely. And also, you know, ah. it is a spectacle. It's not just a film. You could get snacks for really lots of money, but, you know. <laughs> like, there's a whole, like, side culture that comes with it. Absolutely. It's not just the movie. It's the environment. It's the people you share it with. The people you never really meet but are, you know, enjoying this experience. Expect, especially if like, they're in costumes so, and if it's like a movie that has like that kind of thing. With it, you feel like a real sense of camaraderie, you know. Absolutely. Never anyways, it. that's why it's All on right, here. Anyways, next one. Because I haven't seen it. Which means it does qualify, even though obviously... But, and, and, and you've heard it's good. And it is good, so yep. All right, cool. Yep. Nominee. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Is it cursed or cursed? Oh, uh, well, considering <laughs> it's British English, I guess you could go either way but anyway i like to make it sound fancy and really say the id like blessed or cursed i suppose so but anyway we wanted one on here that was not just a movie well i mean obviously we had the video game but we wanted to get into things that are not various kinds of electronic media as well the thing that came to mind this is a writing podcast (laughs) well and the thing that came to mind was you know this is a stage play right of course it also has the novelization the novel form i actually full disclaimer the local library actually has this and i'm planning to read it at some point but because i haven't yet it's on here is it in japanese no it's in english good cool by the way if it wasn't japanese i don't know if i'd read it because like i kind of understand but you know there's like so many different symbols to know and getting them mixed up is kind of simple i get it anyways all right final one nominee battlefront 2 for some reason Uh, why is this on here it was such a disappointment well we might delve into how disappointing it was at a different time but the thing on here for me is like it was a very intriguing game idea from a very popular franchise and i have a lot of memories Mm -hmm. playing an earlier version of battlefront and so it's just like you know, if Battlefront 2 can even compare to that, that's hours of fun. To be to fair, the issues people seem to have are from EA, the publisher. The developers, they developed a really, really, really good game. It's just EA just ruined it by, like, incorporating all this little stuff. So, okay, well, and, we'll talk more about that as needed. What I'm saying, though, is that in terms of, like, the gameplay itself, it is, I've heard, legitimately good. So... That makes sense, then. It, that would justify why it's on there. So, Yep. As Donald mentioned earlier, we did some discussing beforehand about the winners to save a little bit of time. So for now, the envelope, please. Oh, I'm pulling it out here. Oh my gosh, it's Wolverine Claws are coming at me! It's tearing up the envelope itself! It's Logan! <laughs> tearing up the envelope itself? Contents within is tearing up the envelope itself. And I'm just really getting the feel of it. <laughs> oh my god. You don't god. see this on the Oscars. <laughs> Yes, we're better than the Oscars, too, apparently. Oh, yeah, not even a contest. <laughs> Anyways, Logan, the winner for that one. Uh, like we said, it's a good one. It looks good. I mean, we haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it's pretty good. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the swan song for Hugh Jackman. They let him go, like, all claws bared. They didn't have to hold anything back for censors or anything. And he also did really good acting-wise, and I kind of like that. Like, I, that's why I kind of hope that he doesn't come back. Even though, again, like, people would like to come to come back, I like the idea of things ending on grand finales, so. That's true. Like, end on a high note. So, and I don't think it will go higher than it did based on what I've heard, but obviously I need to see it for Yeah, myself. exactly. So hopefully, even though I know people are going to come back, I kind of hope he doesn't. I mean, if he does, that'd also be great, but it'd also be cool if he doesn't is what I'm saying. Anyways, next one. Works. Works others need to rip off. Or most underrated work. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Nominee. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. This one is not for everyone. But I had a great time. This is why we're considering it in the underrated... It's like, okay, I don't really like Dane DeHaan as the main character. Like, he's just... He, he's trying to be Han Solo, and he's not. Well, it is <laughs> right in his name. 
Uh, Don Hahn, Dane DeHaan. Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, that one took me a bit. That, that joke was far too cerebral for me, I guess. Okay, it's not in the character's right, name, but, but it is in the actor's name, so see, why not? Right, but, like, there's a big chunk in the middle that has nothing to do with the plot. It's kind of like a weird sort of, like, side turn or whatever, but it's visually amazing. The characters are likable enough, and I liked a lot of the concepts in it. And for you, David, there's Rihanna in it who plays a stripper alien, so... What? <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you interested, right? All right, move on. <laughs> well, I I was about to say, and yes, listeners, I do realize that Dahan is not spelled H A N. There are two A's. It's, oh, it's like anyway. it's like how I would spell Han in one of my stories. <laughs> Han H A N Solo S A W L O Silent Z. Move on. Okay. <laughs> It's a damn good thing I didn't write Star Wars. <laughs> well, you give people a heart attack trying to reproduce it for the extended stuff anyway. Alright. Nominee. The Lego Ninjago movie. I really liked this one. Okay, it's not as good as the other two Lego movies in my opinion, but that just means it's an 8 out of 10 as opposed to a 9 out of 10. So. To be fair, I really love the concept of Ninjago. I've seen like snippets of it. I've not seen this movie, but you know, I can totally appreciate it's, how they took an original series with their own characters as opposed to you know just licensing other properties which they obviously do that in the lego movie and Batman. right like that's why i really hope this would have done better i think it's really the title like people didn't know what ninjago was i mean it's big in terms of lego but not really big in terms of overall i think if they it was the exact same movie but they called the lego ninja movie it probably would have done a little better honestly titles are super important even if avengers was like the same movie with the same trailers if it was called superheroes go boom zap zap like that exact title <laughs> it would not have done nearly as well <laughs> just saying titles are super important that's why i think people need to shut up about like superheroes go boom zap zap <laughs> exactly if it was called that oh man i'm I mean, sorry be... can you you can keep this in or throw it out if you want but can we totally <laughs> use this next year <laughs> What? What would, what would that be under? No, no. Like, best titled work or something. The superhero go, boom, zap, zap award. Oh, okay. And then, like, we could come up with our alternative titles for it. <laughs> That'd be fun. I like that. Okay, what's coming out later this year? Uh, <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? More like Dino Land. Uh, volcanoes go, boom, apparently based on that trailer. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I suppose, I mean, the joke from their own titles, well, kind of what we'd honor, but, uh, like, the ideal would be, you know, like, well, it gives you a very good description of what you're about to see kind of thing, or what you're about to read. The best title. An book. honest title, if you will. Okay. All right, cool. But anyway, All right, sounds good. All right. Just an idea. You can do it with this recording or throw it out. I don't care about it. Oh, I know. I just thought it'd be funny. Anyways. All right. Nominee. The Power Rangers movie. It's obviously a bit of a Homer nominee for me. Because you can tell I'm such a Power Rangers nut. Really? I didn't know. <laughs> Since I only mention it like every other month for what I'm going to rip off, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, that, could be, that could be anything, you know? <laughs> anyway, you know, it's one of those things that like the way they tried renewing the formula for a brand new audience. I really like that. Mm. There are elements of that movie I was not fond of, but, you know, it's the same with I didn't really like how the suits looked. Like, I don't know why they didn't just make them kind of look more Iron Man-esque. They looked too organic. Well, okay, compared to the original suits, they kind of looked badass, but I think they missed the mark, and I didn't like what they ended up doing. See, like, I get that they couldn't use the original suits. Those look very, like, 90s sort of... TV show sort of thing, but we'll just do something and they like... they don't even look like armor. They look like cloth because they're yeah, made like, of spandex. So just do something like Iron Man, but with the Power Rangers mask. 
Like, that would have been badass. Like, why do they look well, so, like... I mean, maybe various symbols as necessary, but, like, anyway, I mean... That... Right, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, the designs were one of the biggest quibbles I had, but the actual story they were trying to tell, which was different, the characters were redone, it was more modernized. I I really loved that aspect. Of I was kind of nervous when I saw, like, it was going to be, like, this PG-13 sort of thing. Like, oh, it's doing one of those things where it's like, the original show was for kids, but now... We're making more for this to make it more mainstream, but it actually worked really well. Like they're they're teenagers, of course they would make dick jokes or whatever. But, yeah, I was always under the impression that the original show was a little too whitewashed because of the target audience. Given that they got mid twenties actors portraying teenagers, right. it was always kind of unfortunate. <laughs> well, like, but like though this, like, it also it didn't just do it for like jokes, like more adult yep. jokes. It also did it for like their family drama, like because that's sometimes what teenagers go through. Yeah, so that's that was pretty cool. So I, like I that. mean. To be fair, though, I think the kind of... The designs weren't great, and you had a couple of complaints with it, too. Krispy Kreme! My God, how much money did they pay that movie? (laughs) It's part of her plot. She even eats a Krispy Kreme donut while she's making her plan. I saw that, I'm like, wow, I really want some Dunkin' Donuts right now to spite them. You can't manipulate me Uh, (laughs) this marketing of yours. Here's the question. Do you really prefer Dunkin' Donuts, which started as, like, a Boston area exclusive? No, I freaking love Krispy Kreme. That's how much that pissed me off. (laughs) Right. You can't manipulate me. All right. So we normally try to come up with the four nominees, but we couldn't for this category. So, for now, the envelope. Oh, it's flipping out. It's using its katana to slice through. Oh, I need to do something new for this. It's like a Ninjago movie. <laughs> <laughs> Slicing out of the envelope, just like the claws last time. Well, except it's a, it's a bunch of little Lego minifigures hopping out and helping me open it. Because they're so nice, those little Lego guys. <laughs> They'd actually fit inside the envelope, I suppose. It's true. It's one of those big, thicker envelopes they have to put into, like, this packaging sort of mail. <laughs> yes. No, we didn't think about what RitWit-sponsored envelope they'd be delivered in, have we? It'd be really ironic if it was, like, digital, or something that was not, like, uh, like written. No, like, or something that's, like, a CD, an audio CD, exactly, or something. A floppy exactly. disk. All right, well, let's go ahead and go on to probably one of our favorite categories, because it means we get to rant about things. Oh, yeah. It's works others need to stop ripping off. Also known as... Most overrated work. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> I have some thoughts here. Nominee. Star Wars The Last Jedi, or in general. Wait, which one are you... Okay. I'm just going to do Star Wars in general. Right, uh, like I made this talk with... um. Alan, yes. Um, when when he came on one, a couple episodes ago, one of the ones where you weren't here, Star Wars I think is ninety percent hype, ten percent actual product. <laughs> Battlefront Two is another example of this. Like, people get so hyped up about it, and then when it comes out, people are like, eh, or like, oh, that's such a disappointment. People really like Last Jedi at first. People were like Force Awakens at first. Force Awakens, people are turning on, but now they're kind of like going back on it. Like it's like, oh, well, you actually know it wasn't too bad, especially considering how divisive Last Jedi has been. Oh my god! You know, now the to be grass fair, is always greener on the other side. It's not the movie that's the subject of our ire. Right. So it's more acceptable now. Right. Exactly. Like now, people are really excited for J.J. Abrams to come back next one, which I'm not. I'm not a fan of him. But like, I didn't like this one for different reasons. Like you can li- dislike two separate things that are completely different and dislike them. 
for two different reasons. What you know? a novel <laughs> concept, Donald. I know. Like, it, like the problems I have with it are different problems from Force Awakens. So, like, except for the Mary Sue thing, Ray is still goddamn Mary Sue. Like, why is she so much better than everyone? For more on that. Why is she so much better than everyone? And even this one is like, oh, her parents aren't anybody. That way, anyone can be you. No one can be her. She's freaking amazing at everything with no training. If she was a Skywalker, it would have been contrived as hell. But it would have explained why she's so good at everything. Although, to be fair, how would she be a Skywalker? Because Leia doesn't have that name and Luke hasn't had children. I don't know. It's like, she could be like, like she could be like a sort of a merging of the Mara Jade character in a, oh, okay, in the that's, EU. Well, Mara Jade is the one who eventually married Luke, so that's not quite the same, but... Oh, who's his daughter? Doesn't he have a daughter? Um... I don't believe they did that before they did the whole retcon thing with I'm, the- I'm thinking of, like, Han and Leia's son, who they did incorporate a little into this. Like, he had- they had, there was a Ben Solo in the, um, in the, um- Actually, in the EU, um, no, the name was Anakin in the EU. Oh, okay. They just named- like, they incorporating a few things from the EU and putting their own versions into the new things. Like, right. Kylo Ren's real name is okay, Ben. Okay, so small spoiler alert for the Legends banner, so it's not a real effective continuity of Star Wars- that in some of my favorite Star Wars books, the Solos had three children. Their twins, okay. Jason and Jaina, who were off oh, training okay. at Luke's Jedi Academy. That must have been who I was thinking of. I'm sorry, Ma- Mara Jade is the love interest, Jason my bad. later became a Sith Lord. I can't remember his name. Was it Darth Revan, maybe? I don't know. Either that or a different character. Anyway, the third son, the youngest, okay. was Anakin, you know, so the name tributing his grandfather, right. but... In the movies with Kylo Ren, they did Ben, which obviously is supposed to reference Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like Ben Kenobi, even though it wasn't his real name, but that was his alias, so... Right. If it was Anakin, though, that would have been too on the nose, especially considering his story arc. Well, know? and I think that's why the writers decided not to make it Anakin. And I can I understand that. But also, but, if um, you make him Jason, then he shouldn't be known as Kylo Ren based on the EU. Right. Even if you were changing it like... He becomes that other character, so there's no reason to name him the right, same yeah. thing. So yeah, like name him after someone else, and probably Obi-Wan be weird. Yep, so yeah, yep. Ben. Ben is fine. Ben's over. It works. Uh, anyways, but no, Last um, Jedi. Just so long as people don't make the joke about it's a good thing he wasn't born into the family Dover. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, You've never heard that joke, have you? Uh, no, I have not. Actually, I don't even get it, so, but I don't know if I want to. Ben Dover. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh so Last Jedi, like, I had some real issues with it. Basically, just in terms of, like, it really just crapped on the continuity. Like, it, it really, like people were really excited to see Luke back, and he didn't really deliver. Uh, and, like, people were really excited to see a reunion between Leia and Luke. It didn't really happen. Um, Le- well, okay, it did, but it was brief. Right, okay, well, that, that was still kind of nice, I guess. But, like, Leia is now the only one of the, the original cast to survive, even though she's the only actor of the three who's dead. <laughs> so- that was really ironic. I was going to mention that, and you stole my thunder there. Ugh. They should have... I know it might have been disrespectful, but for story reasons, they probably should have killed her off. Or something. Like, make it so that, like, she, like, gets into a, a ship, and, like, maybe you just see the back of her head because it's a stunt double, and she's like, I'm gonna help fight, and then she gets blown up, and everyone, like, mourns her. You can work around it. Like, because now what you're gonna do, in the next one, you're gonna have to kill her off off-screen between movies. To be fair, I read a couple of opinion articles on an entertainment website after the movie came out, and after I saw the movie, and they said how it was a really, really intriguing move that, you know, he basically, with that move, made Leia, the idea, seem immortal, even if the character cannot be, which I do admit is really cool, like... Right. That's kind of cool. But I don't know, like, the, the thing that people thought that the cheesiest part of the movie was the Mary Poppins scene, or, or Carrie Poppins. People have called it because of her name, Carrie oh Fisher. Oh my god, do they really call it that? So I've heard that. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
I've never heard that until now. It's hilarious. It's pretty good. No, but like, I was surprised it happened so early in the movie that she gets drawn out into space and magically, well, I guess the Force supposedly survives. The Force. The excuse for all bad writing in the Star Wars series. I was like, what? It was so... But that would have been so awesome to have her die there. Right. Because then they wouldn't have to worry about Carrie Fisher being gone. And you wouldn't have had to have this dumb scene everyone makes fun of. Anyways, alright, so, nominee. Alright, so, um, separate from Star Wars in general, but obviously a part of the same umbrella. Nominee. Battlefront 2. Promised so much, delivered so little. Yeah. I mean, okay, like I said, the developers did everything they could. They developed, developed a kick-ass game. It was exactly what Star Wars fans would want it. But then EA was like, hmm, you know, how do we monetize this more? Even though it's Star Wars, everyone's going to buy it anyways. Loot boxes, pay to win. The whole pay to play thing is really annoying for me. Like, loot like, boxes? This is notable yeah. because there was an online, there was, I believe, even a subreddit where users, like somebody tracked how long you'd have to play to earn all the unlockables right. that otherwise you could just buy because not everybody's going to want to spend money. In fact, I know very few people who would be willing to spend that much money on a game within right. the game. And isn't like several weeks of constant play, like not even counting sleeping or like breaks? Right. Like that's ridiculous. Yes, and it was ridiculous. But because they did it and the cry was raised, like all these other subredditors did the same thing. And so EA actually did roll it back. Right, I know. Like, at the very least, this means that, like, this might be the kick in the pants the industry need. Like, no, you can't keep pushing this further and further and further and not expecting a backlash. See, I don't mind loot boxes as long as it's purely cosmetic items. Like, Overwatch... Right, if it's something it, that doesn't change gameplay, then it's fine. Right. Overwatch is a great example of this. You pay full price for this game, and yes, there are loot boxes, but they're all cosmetic. Every single one of them. Not only that, when you buy the game, you get every character, and you will get every future character. Right. I suppose that's a slightly different game than, say, Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2, all the characters are already developed. Right, I get that. Like, but, like... There's something to be done with that. Like, granted, you can make it so that you have to earn, like, the heroes that you want to play, but make it not take as long. And if you must have loot boxes, make them cosmetic only. No gameplay. No pay-to-win nonsense. Yeah, like, because some people will just decide to never play the game. Now, I will say for, like, phone apps, this is a big one where people will just, like, delete the app because I don't want to pay to win just mm -hmm. to get further. And so they get frustrated and they give up. Right. Obviously, if you buy Battlefront 2, the game, then... Right. Theoretically, you're stuck with the game whether you don't want to play it or not. Yes, like, those mobile apps are terrible, but at least they're free to download. Right. Like, then you have to pay all the stuff, and it is ridiculous, but this is even more ridiculous because you have to pay full price for a game that is incomplete. And like, I'm not going to lie here. Most of the reason this is on most overrated is because overrated. of the issues related to, right. you know, publication, right, not exactly, the game itself. I, yeah, the gameplay is amazing. Like, it's exactly what people wanted. Like, DICE, like, they did the Battlefield series. Like, Battlefield 1 came out, like, a couple years ago, and that was totally fine. Everyone loved that one. And that was also EA. EA just needs to not stick their grubby little greedy fingers into it. So Well, everybody needs their slice of the pie, and that's not the issue per se, mm. but how they get it, and if people are willing to play ball right. with that, that's the thing. Like, yes, if it means not spending, oh, who knows, three weeks unlocking, say, Darth Vader, right. then I might pay for it. But really, I prefer not to pay. I prefer to earn it. Exactly. And the scale with which you earn things, which was the other half of a problem, was such an issue. Yeah, it was so slow. So that's why I think it's overrated, and that's why it's on this list. Yeah, like, yeah. Anyways, let's get on with the other nominees, shall we? Right, of course, we've been taking a while. All right, so... Nominee! Beauty and the Beast. 
This is a controversial one. I'm sure people are gonna hate it. I know a lot of people love this movie. And that's totally fine. You can love it. I get it. But like, to me, I saw this and I'm like, there's no creativity here. Okay, granted, there's some nice ways that kind of like explain certain plot holes that the original movie had. The Enchantress, when doing the curse, wiped the memory of everyone else around the kingdom. Because that's an issue you never really thought about in the first movie. No one's like, hey, don't we have a prince? <laughs> What's this castle? How come we don't know what this castle is? We have a prince, don't we? <laughs> so that, that fixed that. But it, it's just... The songs were exactly the same, but not only that, but the way they shot the songs were exactly the same. Like, Belle running up the field and singing her solo with all the flowers, it was exactly the same. Like, it was just, I don't know. Like, no effort or creativity needed. Just take one of the greatest Disney cartoons of all time, cast Hermione Granger. I know it's not really the character Hermione Granger. That's not her name. (laughs) Cast actress Emma Watson, cast Hermione Granger, make it live action, make it 50% longer, and instant dough. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I mean, it's really cool that they're going out of their way to make these in live action. Because it's a lot harder to do live action than anime. No, I I agree. But But I, too, believe that it's kind of overrated. uh, Now, keep in mind, listeners, that I have not seen the live action version of Beauty and the Beast, so... Right. It's on Netflix if you want. So you can watch that one, too. Yeah, it is Emma Watson. But anyway. It's true. But, um, I don't know, like, I just, I think, that, like, I really liked the Jungle Book movie last year. That was a good one. Right. That was the one that, like, took the material, worked out the flaws, and made it its own thing. Like, I know people really liked the original Beat the Beast, but a lot of people really liked the original Jungle Book, too. But, like, this, that one was so good. It made it all make sense. Like, it all, it had, like, a, a real connecting tissue to, like, the original Jungle Book is kind of like just a road trip movie. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of connecting sort of stories without any real flavor. And this one, everything has a purpose. Like, even, like... Like, some of the moments in the original Jungle Book were, like, just there just for whatever. Like, cause hypnosis? That was just there for whatever. Like, it was just another obstacle he had to overcome. Well, I mean, it's an excuse for Scarlett Johansson to apparently show ass, as we argued last year, so... (laughs) Right, well, like, Scarlett Johansson having a sexy snake voice. But also... They kind of incorporate it into the books, and like, this, like the Ka, the snake, is incredibly wise. So through the hypnosis, she gives him flashbacks, which are actually important to the plot of where he came from and why Shere Khan hates him. They made it important into the plot! Anyway, we're not talking so, about the Jungle Book. We're talking about its counterpart. Beauty and the Beast is Beauty overrated. Beast, which made way more money, so no one's going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what do we know? And people really like it, so what do, what do we know? Moving on. As I said, pretending to know everything about pop culture. Anyway, nominee. Justice League. To be fair, this one did not really do too well, but it's not so much for what people thought of it. It's what DC thought of it, or Warner Brothers. Now, if we're going to put Battlefront 2 on here because of the issues from EA, we can put Justice League on here awesome. because it totally did not meet the expectations that DC had for this movie. Or Warner Brothers. Like, it is kind of like Battlefront. Like, DC wanted to do this really well, but then Warner Brothers kicks in. Like... Instead of EA, it's WB. <laughs> like, well, I suppose it's more DC owned by WB. Point remains the same. Like, they were expecting this to be as successful as Avengers, and I just think, like, there's no way they could capture that lightning in a bottle because it had not been long enough. Not only that, it was the worst performing out of all of them. It was the exact opposite of the Avengers. Well, that one skyrocketed the box office. This one tanked. Well, like, okay, I haven't seen it yet, and I probably will like it because I've seen the others thus far, except for Wonder Woman itself. I've heard it's fine. Like, it's not... But, like, here's the thing. Yeah. There are so many things they were trying to do with Justice League. Now, realizing first that Zack Snyder's family troubles obviously interrupted some of this and Joss Whedon had to come over. Right, and that is incredibly tragic. I really liked how 
even people who really hated his work, everyone united to wish him good luck and say, I'm really sorry. Well, you know, I mean, that's hopefully human nature. But, like, the thing is, they're trying to serve a bunch of different masters with Justice League. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean the production company versus the, you know, crew and agency behind it. I also mean they were trying to do all these characters justice when, like, you know, most of them didn't even have a backstory in the universe yet. Trying to bring them together... Trying to do the whole mm-hmm. thing in the span of this one short-ish movie. Short is a general term because I obviously it's not short. I realize that. Right. You know, if they had more time to develop, say, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman before this movie happened, then right. it wouldn't be nearly as much of a problem. The reason Avengers worked is because we already had investment in most of the characters, except for maybe Ruffalo's version of the Hulk, because that was his debut, as I recall. Well, and also Hawkeye, because he was kind of... Like, in a cameo. Hawkeye was kind of a focal character, though. Well, actually, no, he wasn't, though. He was actually, he was mind control for most of the first one, so it actually still kind of worked. Well, right. So, what I'm saying is that he had the most progression within the film. Right. So, yeah. The others, we'd already seen something like that before. Right. So. Well, again, except for Ruffalo, because he was recast into the role, but like... But even then, they all had their own little arcs anyway, so it still But worked. even then, they have already been on screen for long enough that the audience had an investment in the characters. You have to not only establish why right. they should like the character, but the origins in the same dang film of all this team? That's a whole lot of things to juggle at the same time. Absolutely, yeah, so... And so, it's completely know. like it was not a recipe for success. Yet nobody seemed to say, well, maybe we should not, you know, do this right away. Well, the issue, I think, as well, was that they fast-tracked it right after Batman v Superman. They overestimated how people, much people would like Batman v Superman. Like, and then once the, the results came in, how divisive it was, they, they couldn't put it off. Like, and they, they had, and they had the director on the contract to start shooting, like, right away. So they had to hastily rewrite. Also, I think Wonder Woman doing really well also kind of threw them out of a loop, too. They were like, okay, we need more movies like Wonder Woman. Okay, we gotta change some of this. Like, it was just, it became a mess. Like, yeah, trying to serve too many masters was not effective. But the point being, like, most mm-hmm. people are not high on Justice League. Obviously, I don't have the right to make my own opinion because I haven't seen it. I suspect I will like it with the usual couching of, oh, it's kind of good. Yeah, I've heard, I haven't seen it either. This isn't our most overrated, neither of us have seen it. But, part of the course of the Ridley's. But, but, I mean, DC's expectations of this were like, oh, this is going to be as good as Avengers. This is going to outgrow Titanic or Avatar yeah, they, or even better than that. They wanted all the reward and none of the effort. But, like, DC's expectations, their rating was too high. Even for what it was, for, if it was, had it been more successful... There's no way it would have reached their expectation. Having said that, it would have been completely the opposite, so it must right. qualify as overrated. And it had like a $300 million budget, too. Like, that's insane. Also, the movie doesn't look that good, I've heard. Like, it doesn't look like a $300 million movie. Well, they should really fix that, but I don't want to put in in works we need to see, because I don't know if we're going to rip it off either. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's just end it here. All right, envelope. Oh man, blasters are coming out of the envelope. They're really mad that we had this on this thing. It's Battlefront 2. <laughs> Laser bolts are coming from the envelope because the blasters won't themselves come yeah, out. Yeah, they're throwing blasters at me and shit, kind of like tomatoes. <laughs> like, we're not overrated. We're perfectly rated. <laughs> All right, the game is perfectly rated, but the crap behind it is overrated. Right, exactly. Shall we go with that? All right, sounds good. All right. Anyways, next category. Works we will never rip off. Or least favorite work. All right. Now, admittedly, I'm not sure how this is different from the most overrated stuff, although I think the some of these are less storyline and more just The like first the one 80s. especially, people hate it, and deservably so. <laughs> so, and that one is... 
Nominee. The Mummy, or How Not to Start a Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Justice League is a good example of how not to end a cinematic universe or get it going. Mummy is a great example of how not to start one. (laughs) They had the balls to open up with a Dark Universe logo. Like, again, Marvel Studios as a whole is its own little thing. I guess that's kind of the same, but like... Like, it changed the Universal logo into this dark sort of moon, and instead of having Universal but it said Dark Universe. And people laughed, because of course they would. <laughs> like, way to count all the chickens you have before they even had a chance of hatching. They're barely even sperm at this point. Or whatever chickens have. I don't know. Like, chickens think eggs, Matt. Come on. I know, before eggs. Like, <laughs> oh, man. It's really funny because I remember you loved the Brendan Fraser mummy movies, but you actually despise this That one. one was fun. Fair though, that wasn't really the reason. Like, yeah, it's compared a lot to it, but like, it's more just like, okay, so Russell Crowe is in it, and spoiler alert, he's Dr. Jekyll. But he's supposed to be kind of like the Nick Fury. And they have this scene where you're in his office, and you see all these vials full of Creature from the Black Ragoon goo. <laughs> And Dracula fangs or Wolfman stuff. It's so obviously, hey, look at all these movies we're going to have. Aren't you excited? Not really. They're all public domain. We'll see them somewhere else anyways. (laughs) And it tanked. Because of course it did. (laughs) Also... The whole thing is messed up. The Avengers worked because it's a bunch of heroes teaming up. This is a bunch of villains. Like, I don't know. Like, how does how would that work? I mean, surely it did, it did at one point back in the 50s. Why, why is it so hard? Well, okay. Theoretically, having the villains team up is not necessarily the problem. The issue is when they don't really have heroes to counter them. Because if you look at the comics, the Justice League mm-hmm. has their opponents mm-hmm. and they team up. Right. So, what you could do... The Super Secret Society of Supervillains, I believe, is a name... That's how you team up, and that works. I mean, obviously comics, so, you know, grain of salt. But, like, if they don't have anything to team up against, what the heck is the point, in my opinion? Because the villains aren't supposed to win. <laughs> See, this is what they could do. This, I have an idea. This is what they could do. This is what they could do. I think this would be really cool. They could have... They could keep this exact same movie, except for, you know, of course, the foreshadowing at the, at the end, of course. Well, they'll all look at all this other crap we're gonna do. So, but instead... So, they have all these other movies. They have all these villains. They have these random heroes, like, trying to defeat these villains. And, of course, they do a little. But then, every so often, this one character comes in who's, like, really training hard. He's not the main character. He's just... He's like Nick Fury, and then he only comes there once in a while. But, and then, finally, once all the villains team up, this character gets a chance to shine and beat them all at once. And it's probably Van Helsing or something. But, like, it's, like, a character who's, like, a real badass. But he's only in it sporadically another one. So once they all team up, like, okay, we need you. This is my chance to shine. And then it would be the villains teaming up against this one ultimate hero. And I think that'd be well, no. really cool, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. It doesn't maybe. sound like a bad idea, but I was thinking if there could be a hero. And I'm saying, is it too much to hope that Chuck Norris could be that guy? That, yeah, sure. Actor Chuck Norris could play Van Helsing. I mean, <laughs> Hugh Jackman did it once. So. Speaking of Hugh Jackman, anyways. All right. Nominee. Star Wars The Last Jedi. I already said why. Who cares? Move on. Nominee. Power Rangers. You know, it's amazing how many repeats we've got on our list. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not fond of the designs, but I This did... is on underrated and least favorite. <laughs> so what is it about this movie that it's on here? The CGI. Yeah, this is just the CGI. The designs in Zord form, 
the villains. It's just the CGI. Oh my god, it was god awful. It looked pretty terrible. But like I honestly think that Donald put this on here as a way to spite me more than anything. I put it on here more than <laughs> to give you other things. Like you have one other thing on here. Oh well, I do have one other thing. Right, you're right. And that one thing is nominee Captain America's Hydra turn. Okay, hear me out on this. I didn't think okay. it was a bad story idea. What I hate about it is that they undid it so quickly. They hit the reset button at the very end of this event. Yeah. At the end of the storyline, and just like, oh, nothing never happened. Bull crap, nothing ever happened. <laughs> if you're going to do something so drastic, make it last and make it impactful. Um, Don't just retcon it before you even have a chance to let some other author do it. Come on. I think. But again, this maybe is, they they might have done that hastily as a response to people just bashing us so much. Which really, again, with the whole Justice League thing, goes to show. Don't try. This is what I remember. Because I vo- mm. I regularly visit a site that talks about the stuff that happens in comic books. And so when this event came out, everybody was like right. absolutely despising the fact that Captain America would dare go to Hydra, the very force that he had basically been created to oppose. And obviously Hydra is just a stand-in, not a direct correlation, but a stand-in. Right, and to be not- fair, that's a great twist, though. That's why it's a great twist, because it's so shocking. So for pure shock value, at the very least, right. I get why they did it. And there's an explanation as to why it was able to be reversed. The author had the conviction, had the balls to do something this big and run with it. Mm -hmm. And he did for almost, I wanted to say it lasted for like several months, maybe even a year almost. But at the very end of it, he just said, oh, it's off. Put the toy (laughs) back in the sandbox as it is. The next person can have fun with it. Like, come on, dude. Maybe maybe we'll be back as a... You want to leave a mark? Or something, mm-hmm. don't leave it the exact same way you found it. You know, a character like Captain America, you can do this. Let somebody else retcon it for all you care. Right. Stick to sort your guns. Like what? Tell your story. Don't overwrite your own god dang plot <laughs> twist. You have a lot of feelings for that. Sort of like how I have a lot of feelings about the mummy. So, speaking of which, all right. we had so many feelings about our winners that we had to have two separate winners. So Yeah, we couldn't come to a consensus on this one. So, for Donald Envelope. Oh, man, this envelope seems to be made out of toilet paper. Oh, wait, no, it's not toilet paper. It's mummy paper. It's killing me with the sand. It's the mummy. <laughs> killing you with sand? With, like, the sand of, like, really? the, you know, like, the sand that has the face on it. It's you know? wrapping around me. Oh, God. Oh, anyway. I can't see anything. All right. I'm getting those weird double irises like the mummy gets when she has her power. Four eyes. Nerd. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. All right. And for David, envelope, please. Oh no, it's a shield. Oh no, I'm seeing snakes come out of the shields. How big is this? Uh, it's Captain America. It's Captain America's side return. I mean, come on. This <laughs> is a good running joke we have. <laughs> hey, I had to do one. It was my uh, own okay. winner, so I had to do it. I couldn't let you. But All right, finally, this one. And it looks like other than one, there are no repeats. The one that, you know, you've all been waiting for. The one that's our equivalent of best picture, and that is... Works will rip off the most. Also known as favorite work. So here you go. Straight into the... <laughs> Nominee! Thor Ragnarok. That's how you do a third movie to a franchise that people are kind of at overall. I liked all the Thor movies, but this was the response to do. Like, this was what needed to be done to make people be like, okay, Thor is awesome. Because people have been kind of making fun of him for a while. Even though, again, I like the movies, but I get why people are like, oh, you know, they're kind of like BT or Marvel stuff. This one is like, oh my god, this guy can compete with the big guns. Like, well, I mean, we've always known yep. that, because he can freaking summon thunder through his hammer. Okay, and then from power level, of course, there was no very question, but I mean in terms of, like, appeal, like, to audiences. Right. So. I mean, it is Chris... Well, we'll talk about him more later, but anyhow. <laughs> we certainly will. <laughs> 
Uh, good times. <laughs> I, full disclaimer, I have not yet seen Ragnarok other than the trailer, but I love the <laughs> Thor movies, so I totally don't mind. Wait, that's that's the get smart thing. Or is it it's the one as well? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. They sound exactly the same! <laughs> so I am fully okay with this being on here. Anyway. Nominee! The Lego Batman movie. This is one of those 9 out of 10 Lego movies I was talking about. This one's amazing. Clearly it's made by fans of Batman. It's like, but it's also a great spoof, and it's also a legitimately great Batman movie. No joke. Well, and the question that I like, too, is how much did they throw at the wall in this one? Because with Lego, you can bring in other licensed characters as well. I mean, the whole sandbox. They threw so much. Sounds like it's done pretty well. They took so much advantage of that. It was great. Ugh. Like, but, like, at the same time, though, they kept focus on Batman a lot of the time. Like, every now and then he had to face something that was, like, crazy Lego stuff. But, like, Batman as a whole was Batman. The story as a whole, like, the plot and the development he had to go through was pure Batman. That's why, even though it has all this crazy spoof Lego stuff in it, it still works as a great Batman movie. Like, the whole theme is basically, he always wants to work alone, and he always pushes people away because he's so afraid of losing someone again, like he did when he was a kid. And they hammered that hard on this. And it's really nice, and it's really touching. So... Like, again, it's really obviously done by fans of Batman, so... There you go. All right, we can move on. Nominee! Milo Murphy's Law. This one's a cartoon by the makers of Phineas and Ferb, and it's about just as good as Phineas and Ferb. I don't really want to get too much into it because this has been a long one already. I mean, we kind of figured it would be at this point, but... All right, so, but it's, it's really good, really clever. Like, it's it's great for kids as well as adults. Like, adults will get all these jokes that kids won't, but not, like, because they're sexual, but because they're clever. So, so my um, question is, what is the big guest difference? You said it's the same creators as Phineas and Ferb. What is the big guest difference between that show and it's this It's not nearly as status quo. Phineas and Ferb, the joke is always that every episode is the same. And, like, no matter what, some characters really want things to change, it doesn't. It's always exactly the same. <laughs> this one, there's a clear story arc. And, like, the ending for the season finale, I am so excited for the next season. Oh, my goodness. It's such a great twist. I love it. And it's been building up to this the whole time. Like, there's been running jokes. Like, at first, like, oh, okay, there's a running joke. It's kind of like Phineas and Ferb. There's always this character. There's always this character. Oh, wait, they figured something out. So now it's developing into something else. Oh, okay, then something has changed there. So now it's developing into something else. And then so the running jokes, like, they kind of have, like, sort of like Phineas and Ferb, they only last a few episodes each. Like, the arcs for these running jokes only last a little bit. Like, it's pretty cool. So All right, fair enough. All right. Nominee! Straight from most underrated and worst, <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> this one's everything except for the CGI, I guess. Again, so many repeats. Well, okay, and I have to admit, this one's on there because of me, and big surprise, right? I'm such a homer. Right. But as I said, I really loved that they redid the story. Like, it's not the same characters at all. Right, but... They made the story modern, they did things... But they kept the spirit as well, though. Like, they, they, right. they made it modern, but they kept the spirit, which is what you do. Like, that's really how to do well, it. Well, I mean, you paid tribute yeah. while not reusing the exact same formula, and so they did a very good job of that, and were it not Absolutely. for the awful, like overuse of cgi and perhaps a little too much product placement like this would be like one of my and favorite a, movies per, up too much of one product placement right, one enough. particular one not to say i don't like Krispy Kreme uh-huh. donuts but like i can't even get them in japan so moving you know on. what i actually kind of want Krispy Kreme donuts damn it power rangers it's working <laughs> uh, it's probably closed now it's 10 o'clock at night tomorrow i'm getting your Krispy Kreme. <laughs> damn it power rangers i fell for your well okay um Sorry, random point of interest. Chick-fil-A, the restaurant that's closed on Sundays, right? Yeah. And so when do you think most people actually want Chick-fil-A? On, 
Of course it's closed. Of course. Well, that's because I only recently discovered Chick-fil-A this year. Like, I've known about it. Like, it was like, oh, it's chicken burgers. How could that be good? Oh, man, it is good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Ah, it's a shame you're homophobic as a company because, damn it, you make good food and you have no equivalent. It's like, oh, if Wendy's is suddenly homophobic, okay, off to Burger King. Chick-fil-A doesn't have that. <laughs> okay. There's no equivalent. Okay, to be fair, they've changed their stance as a company because they've had to, you know, because there was such a backlash on it. So, anyways, so now every Sunday, I really want Chick Fil A because there's this big Chick Fil A shaped hole in my heart every Sunday. That I just cannot <laughs> fill until Monday. All right. <laughs> Final nominee. Nominee. The Arrowverse. Oh yeah. I mean, this is admittedly this is not based on like the most recent season because I haven't caught up yet. I don't know if I'll actually catch up. You've discovered it this year, though, so we'll count. You know, I like, I did discover it this year, so I wanted to put it on here, and I just gotta tell you, man, like, I started chronologically, so I watched two seasons of Arrow before, you know, trying to get to The Flash, but here's the thing. I like how the smaller, with the shorter, episodic format, they made it work really well. They also were able to keep things very grounded in Arrow, because he doesn't really have superpowers, and so everything seemed realistic. Like, I could go out... If I were, you know, as fit as steam in a mill, which I'm certainly not. And then, but I could go out and do this if I absolutely had to, and I really like that. And if you had the money, well, again, maybe (laughs) and the training and the on the island, but yes, the point is, you could, you could, like, it's possible to get the resources. Maybe not the money, but if you work for it, not getting in a lab accident that doesn't make any sense and suddenly having super speed. Not to knock the Flash because I really like the Flash, but, but the like, thing is, what you bring up a point though is like they kept Arrow grounded while at the same time they totally embraced the comic bookness of the Flash, and yet it somehow well, works I mean, together how perfectly. Would they keep the Flash grounded though, he has super speed. I don't know, but the point is though, by being struck by lightning. I mean, come on. But the point is though, it still it still works perfectly. Well, somehow mean, it melds perfectly. There's quite a few episodes where Arrow is with Flash, like Stephen Mal, you know, like. And, it, and, like, there's other characters that merge as well. Like, and it works. How does it work? Because the people who work on the shows really love those things. They are all executive produced by the same team. And so, like, there's, I guess, there's cooperation. Even if the tones are I mean, I guess it's kind of like... them together, and it's the same crew. So they know exactly what they want, what stories they're trying to tell, uh-huh. what Oliver represents as opposed to Barry, and, like... Right. Oh, my God. It is a love letter from these producers to the superhero uh-huh. genre in general. And I'm really loving it. Right. Like, the characters do a great job of selling it. Excuse me. The actors do a good job of selling it. Right, but they do a really good use of them. The powers are displayed well, even when they're not necessarily realistic. Right. Although Arrow's being grounded (laughs) is one of the great things about it. And I just, I just, I mean, I'm a superhero junkie. At this point, that should be obvious. And it's really nice to have an American show that does superheroes so well that's not just one movie. Like, yes, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the thing I really like about the Arrowverse is that you can sit down for an hour at a time and watch an episode. And just binge it. You can go on if you have the time. You don't have to sit there for three hours to finish one chunk. Right, exactly. No, I like that, too. And in terms of, like, grounded versus fantasy, it's kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You got, like, the first Iron Man, you've got, like, the Winter Soldier as well, probably. These more grounded sort of movies. And then at the same time, you got Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy. And technically, they're all in the same universe. It's a weird way to think about that. You could technically have a movie where Baby Groot is on top of Nick Fury's shoulder. Like, that is weird to me <laughs> to think of. But it well, could happen. Well, considering the breadth of the catalogs coming out from Marvel and DC, the fact that they have access to all these vastly mm-hmm. different things is not a surprise. The thing that really makes it work, and the thing I like so much about it, having the same team, you know, in charge, even if it's not exactly the same people from behind the camera and all that, is that there's some kind of consistency. Even if The Flash is very, mm-hmm. like 
unrealistic mm. in how he okay. gets his powers and how they play it is like you know it works for that show but the times that oliver queen comes to help they can still work together and it still doesn't like betray either's character mm. i really love that so i you know from that general direction i really love right. the arrowverse it's pretty cool yeah absolutely all right so that's why you if love you it couldn't tell i have a lot of feelings about this one so we'll see if we can come to a consensus but really we didn't <laughs> we didn't we had to do our own separate so thing. for donald's envelope please Oh, 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 this is a Wayne Enterprises envelope. <gasps> it's Batman! He owed himself! It's Lego Batman! <laughs> Why would he put this in a Wayne Enterprises envelope? You, you think Bruce Wayne would want to keep his identity a secret? <laughs> well, I mean, it's Bruce um, Wayne. It's, it's just Gotham, since there's nothing to necessarily say he is Batman, it's right? true. You know, you've never seen... He's honoring the hero from his own! You know what? You've never seen Bruce Wayne and the Flash in the same room together. Have you ever wondered that? <laughs> <laughs> What did the Flash have to do with it? You haven't seen Clark Kent and Batman in the same room either. Oh my god, I think I'm figuring this out. We haven't seen Diana Prince and Batman in the same room either. Oh my god! Oh my where god! Was, where was her, speaking of Diana Prince, where was Wonder Woman's invisible jet? Well, gee, I wonder if it's invisible! <gasps> oh my goodness! She was had it the whole time! I should have known. <laughs> People are complaining about Wonder Woman. Where, where was the Invisible Jet? Maybe it was with her the whole time. It was always there. She was always in it, and she just kept it piloted on the ground for some reason. And <laughs> you... All right, what's your winner? All right, sorry. Your winner is... All right, the envelope for David. Oh, no. I see a bow and arrow sticking out. Oh, no, it's firing. Oh, my God, it almost hit me. It's the Arrowverse. Okay, but also that bow and arrow has, like, a streak of yellow from it. A flash, if you will. <laughs> well, the flash had lightning behind it. Well, that's not fair, because how do we include <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, which, admittedly, I haven't seen, but it's also part of the same universe and stuff. Okay, fine. Well, like, uh, it's just a DC printed logo. <laughs> okay. Moving on. My winner is the Arrowverse. The DCTU. <laughs> The DC television universe. You know, I read something about that. Fun fact, I read something about that. And it said that nobody at DC has actually endorsed the DC Extended Universe term. I've heard this. It's just a fan name for it, which is really... It's just a fan name. And they just haven't denied it. I mean, it fits. Because you can have as many different realities, using air quotes, as possible. And so all of these things could exist together. All right, Ezra Miller, you're out. Grant Gustin, you're in. (laughs) I'm not sure which Flash I'd like better, honestly. Like, I've seen Grant Uh, Gustin, but I've not seen Ezra Miller. So I can't really say that Grant Gustin is automatically better. Personal issue, Grant Gustin looks too much like Andrew Garfield. (laughs) I can kind of see it, but his eyebrows aren't nearly as thick. Anyways, so we have one final category. It's Oh, this is the one everyone's been looking forward to. Last year we did something... (laughs) We couldn't resolve it. And so we had to come up with a different one that we could hopefully agree on this year. And so we present to you now our personal um, (coughs) favorite, I suppose, award. Moments that nearly turned us gay. (laughs) Or men whose clothes we straight men want to rip off. (laughs) (laughs) I could not resist on that one. We gotta keep the rip-off theme, but in a different way. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Also known as the, because we talked about it last year, also known as the Captain America Biceps Memorial Award. That one was a good one. Oh man, I'm swooning just thinking about it still. Since that moment came a year too early for it. We're honoring it as it were. It's a clenched bicep holding the trophy. We're putting in its memory the trophy. (laughs) The trophy is just a clenched bicep (laughs) holding a helicopter-like landing... (laughs) 
All right, so with that in mind, we are both uh, proudly straight, but, like, there are moments where it's just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Hey, look, admit it, this happens to you. And, like, sometimes my co-host here likes to say that every woman has a bit of lesbianism in them. Like, I yeah, think it's I more that. like just they're more open about it. We can be, too. Like, we, it, it works the opposite <laughs> way, you know? So I can appreciate when a man is good-looking as a straight man. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes, like, really, why do people like that guy? But, like, other times, like, whoo hoo uh, If only I wasn't straight. <laughs> We'll offend so many listeners doing this, Danny. I don't know. Maybe not as much as last time because we're acknowledging. Like I th- last time, the the male butts were the funniest part. I mean, except for maybe the part where we're talking about Harley Quinn. <laughs> for it's worth, I heard that Wonder Woman shows a lot more of her butt in uh, Justice League. It's clearly more directed by a man in this one. So, well, fun story. Fun story. There's a Japanese director who is very popular. Popular with different tokusatsu shows. And usually if he has a woman in a lead role, they like doing camera shots that focus on her legs. There's one actress who responded to this by thinking when she got cast in the film that was going to be directed by this guy, oh gosh, I really got to be careful about shaving those. Oh, that is a fun story. (laughs) (laughs) Shave every day. Or better yet, wear skin tone pantyhose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Anyways, no, it does happen. Like, guys, you know, they're thinking, oh, okay, if I'm going to have a lot of men in the audience, what are they going to pay attention to the most? And to be fair, this is happening a lot with guys, too. Like, every Marvel movie has an obligatory shirtless scene. Like, well, some of them, there's, like, no point them. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, there's a random part where Chris Pratt just randomly changes his shirt in front of everyone for no reason other than to be like, oh, oh good, good, good work there, well, Chris Pratt. Well, maybe show off to what her, the alien, what's her name, Gamora? Mantis? No, no, this is before they meet Mantis, <laughs> so she's just, he's just changing after a mission, so. Oh, okay. Show off for Gamora, then, fine. And, like, a Doctor Strange, there's one moment where, like, I guess he shaves, so I guess I take a shirt off when he shaves, so. <laughs> to be fair... It's one of those things, if you've got the body to pull it off, why not use it? Well, the point I'm trying to say is is that, like, it happens a lot with women, but also happens a lot with men, too. The Hollywood is just full of attractive people. Right, but that's the thing. Like, you've got attractive people who are in shape. Why not? The shirtless scenes where Stephen exactly. Amell is working out, what do you think they're there for? Is it there because he wants to work out shirtless, or is it for fan service? Speaking of shirtless, <laughs> our first nominee... <laughs> Nominee! Thor and Thor Ragnarok. Oh my god. I don't know if it's because, like, the fact that he gets a big haircut in this one, so his golden locks don't distract it as much, but his shirtless scene in this one is, like, the best one yet. Also, like, he crouches a little bit and, like, like flexing his muscles is, like, trying to, like, like pick something off off the floor, and I'm like, oh my god, Hemsworth, why do you ever wear a shirt? Like, why? He should never wear a shirt if you believe the like, female fans, anyway. No right? shoes, no shirt, you'd still get service, bro. <laughs> Heck, you could spot him the shoes, but, like, as long as he didn't have a shirt on, he'd still get service. Alright, number two. Nominee! Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. At one point, he's naked, and we get to see his green butt (laughs) and all of its toned green glory. Thor doesn't like it. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna get that out of my head, but we love it. Well, okay, he probably wasn't standing behind the Hulk. He was probably in front, so guess what else? No, he he saw both. Because what happened was that Hulk was in a hot tub. Like, he asked him, like, hey, you came here through a Quinjet, right? How'd you get here? And he gets out of the hot tub, and he points it out of a window, but then Thor's like, oh, naked, I... I'm not gonna get that image out of my head. So he walks <laughs> from his side in front, points out the window, so he sees the other end too, and says like, "There, Quinjet," and then he gets back in the hot tub. So he saw it all. Thank you for describing it, because as I mentioned earlier, I have not seen Thor Ragnarok yet. 
Anyway. I don't know, like, uh, I mean, I get he's more of a monster than man, but that was a very toned butt, I gotta say. It's, <laughs> he's very muscular, so... Well, I'm, but I mean, it's the Hulk. It's one of those things, he probably looks like a wrestler, and not the kind that has a little extra cargo around the waist, if you know I mean, what I mean. he's so muscular, like, if... Um, all right, enough, <laughs> moving His on. muscles have muscles. <laughs> they certainly do. They have little Hulks. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Nominee, next one. Nominee! Lego Batman. He's got a nine pack in this movie. They mention it. Like, they show a picture of, like, his normal Lego, which actually has eight packs. But then, like, they point to a certain thing in the middle that's just not there. It's like, oh, yeah, I have an extra ab. <laughs> and then it's like, play as a no, joke. But I got an extra three. But he's just, like, he's so ripped. Like, uh, sometimes, <laughs> like, it's, it's to his detriment, though. Like, he has to get Robin to sneak into the Fortress of Solitude because Superman's defenses are so tight. The computer says only someone who's not shredded or ripped or, or whatever can, can get through his defenses. And Batman's like, oh, way too buff. <laughs> <laughs> and then the computer's like, you also have beautiful abs, sir. He's like, that's my cross to bear. <laughs> and so he has to get Robin to sneak in, which is also doubly funny considering they're Lego people, so they're actually exactly the same size. Like, it's great. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I can tell, I can tell. Anyways, it, 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 you didn't make your you didn't make your little pun about it. No, yeah, that. his body's almost a fine, but it's a little plastic looking, you know. <laughs> Too much surgery <laughs> of the plastic variant, you know? And also he's a literally a plastic I love explaining jokes that make them funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next one. Nominee Tyler Wren in The Last Jedi. Ho ho man. <laughs> Speaking of shirtless scenes. <laughs> I saw this movie in theaters. I'm just like, oh dear lord, what's gonna happen now? Uh, you tell me you didn't swoon over that his weirdly shaped face with that giant <laughs> nose, <laughs> his unnaturally broad shoulders. He looks like a football player, except without the armor. You know, he doesn't have the padding. He just has it. He was like a football player, doesn't? That his shoulders are so broad. He's got those waist-high pants because nothing says hot than hiding up your waist. See, like, I, you know, whenever I go swimming, you know, I have a bit of a belly, listeners. I'm, I'm, I've got a few pounds. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm okay. But you I'm, see... <laughs> I'm a, it's so funny. Like, but point is, I'm, I don't try to hide it. I'm like, okay, well, I've got a belly. I guess I just gotta live with it. The funny thing is, he doesn't even have a belly. Well, it'd be so, pretty sad. Like, it was really sexy. Like, except It for was the, very sexy. I don't know why I'm complaining about it. It was so damn sexy. Except for the odd look. Like, I kind of wish he had showed a little bit more, because it would have been more appealing yeah, to do Lower that. those pants, will you? Come on. Come on. Let's just show it. Like, it's so but they don't need to be hiked up past your dang belly button. Come on. Show a little oh, skin. It was, it was... The point is, though, despite how odd all this looked, you can't deny it. It was hot. Like, good good on you, Adam Driver. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, mean, I was... You you went on a date to see this movie, right? And Yeah, I was... That was dangerous. Not yes. for her, but for you. Yes, it was <laughs> because... very dangerous. I, like... I think Ray was kind of, like, awkward that I was just about to go out of my seat and try to hug the screen because he looked just looked that amazing. But, boys, the issue wasn't whether or not your date would leave you for Kylo Ren. It's that you wanted Kylo Ren and leave the date. And the theater was kind of abandoned at this point because it was a little later than a run. So it was like, dude, I could actually walk up and try to get a driver around the way. Okay, there's one thing that I'm glad that, like, that they didn't have her parents be Han. Or something, because that way they're not brother and sister. Which that would have also yeah, been cliche, exactly. but exactly. I really thought that Ray would take him too seriously and like try to move in on my man. There, it was awful. Exactly, but like, she's like, oh man, like she, like she, even she's like, you know, I may be a Mary Sue, but oh man, I, I'm showing a little weakness here. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, finally. All right. Finally, the last one. 
nominee. Ego, the living planet, in planet form. Let me specify here. Okay, so he has a human avatar throughout the movie, and it's Kurt Russell, who I'm sure, <laughs> especially for a man of his age, I'm sure he has a nice butt. Like, but I'm sure it's fine. Like, he's a very handsome man. Well, okay, we're not just talking about butts, but yes. But in this instance, it's mainly about his butt, because right. like, his main form is a giant plant. And at one point, on one shot, we see that it does have a face on it, a nod to the comics. We'd never see the other end. You cannot tell me that there isn't a giant freaking canyon on one side representing this gigantic ass <laughs> literally mooning the stars behind him. He even says he's the size of the Earth's moon. I think you're a moon in more ways than one, Ego. <laughs> well, talk about plumber's crack. I mean, that's the canyon, man. It's the ultimate butt. Thousands of miles across. Hot damn. <laughs> And just imagine, because of his human avatar, there could be a moment when he steps out of a hot tub and points to his Quinjet! Oh, man, that'd be great. And then he later joins Hulk, and they have a gay moment. (laughs) I'm gonna write fanfiction about this. I'll be right back, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Although I have to throw out there, you know, he has the absolute butt. But considering what Marvel bought back Fox and all their shenanigans, does that mean we'll see Galactus and Galactus might have a better butt compared to Ego? I, I mean, know. hopefully. Last time he was just a gas cloud, which if they keep, maybe he could be another type of gas cloud for Ego, if you know what, what I'm saying. That's gross. I apologize. <laughs> Would you really want to go gay for that moment? I think I'd be like, oh, Lord. Hell no. What am I doing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I'm a real fart fetishist. If you, uh, did, you, did you hear our ad? Come on, you know you... This is a kid-friendly podcast, right? Sort of not. I mean, it's... <laughs> we try being kid-friendly. Generally, we succeed. Um, sometimes uh, we get a little off the rails, obviously, because we go crazy, so crazy for over, like, Chris Hemsworth or Mark Ruffalo's monstrous form, Lego Batman... Or Adam Driver in stupidly high pants. Oh, man, if you'd taken them down, I, I I wouldn't be turning gay. I would be gay. Permanently. I actually don't really like Kylo Ren. It's a joke. He looks terrible. Let me just... But that's why he should win. I say Kylo Ren wins. What do you think? Other than, like, Chris Hemsworth, I would say it's gotta be... It's gotta be Kylo Ren. Like, the scar on his He's face a... is sexy. Like, oh my god. Everyone loves a good scar. His and to be fair... a little too big. Like, his pants were way too freaking high. He has such a but weird face. I was face. so close to coming out of my seat and going gay while I was on a date with a very good-looking woman. Like, seriously? Okay. How could he not win? Because he's weird-looking. <laughs> no, but like I said, <laughs> oh, I was... But... If I was on a date with a girl and I was about to go gay for him... How could anyone else be a winner okay, in this fine. category? Kylo Ren it is. Oh, wait, sorry, we have to open up the envelope. Oh no! I'm seeing pants that stopped way past his belly button on the wrong side! It must be Kylo Ren. Oh no, you have to pull the pants down! Pull the pants down! Oh, there's the winner! There is! You have to pull the pants down a little bit! <laughs> it's Kylo Ren, listeners! <laughs> specify for all your prudes out there that, that that winner was on his belly button not low get your mind on the gutter come on <laughs> that's a really good place to conceal it considering how high he wears his dang pants right it's coming back i don't know if you saw the picture of the new doctor from doctor who who's the girl she's got high oh, no. pants it's back baby it doesn't look good on many people Especially if they've a gut like us, because like we can't wear pants high because they wouldn't fit over our guts, or it would just exemplify our gut even more. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Nice. Well, after that long note, I'd say this was Anyways, a... there's nothing else. What another successful year. <laughs> there's nothing else to say about the witties because we have wrapped up another... I cannot wait for the third one. Oh we pretend my... to know everything about pop culture and completely degrade into conversations about Adam Driver looking sexy even though he wears his pants way too And high. even though he looks terrible. I hate... <laughs> oh my god. He's one of those actors who I don't get why people find him attractive. Like... Chris Hemsworth, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Chris Evans, of course. Chris Pratt, oh, hell yeah. Adam Driver, dude, his nose is like his whole face. Like, he's more nose than face. Like, it must be guys named Chris. I don't know. Anyway. His, his oh! Is... Wait, wait. Got it. Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. There's a handsome fellow. <laughs> He's got one of those oh, strange man, characters. I always do it. bit parts in movies that are, you know, terrible. You know? But I'm always the most memorable part. You can never place him quite right. Why are we talking yeah. about Christopher Walken? All right. After this long night, it's just as long as the Oscars nights. My God, they're always super long. And this is the same. <laughs> All right, well, you can email me at MatthewD at MatthewDonaldCreator.com for any questions or comments you have for the show or any of the hosts. But if you're going to make it to either of the hosts, you probably need to specify which one. Absolutely. Since Matt D, we have Absolutely. Um, but, yep, you or can you can it. just go to Matthew Donald Creator. And if you haven't figured out how to spell that by now, go back and listen to, like, the last seven episodes before this. Probably or not. read the description. It's you can read there. your writers. <laughs> I hope you can. Yeah, theoretically. So you can go to his website and contact him or me through that page. MatthewDonCreator.com. Yep. You can also follow me. If you want to follow me personally, you can go to my professional Facebook account, at MatthewDonCreator, or my Twitter at MatthewDon64. Why 64? Because I'm going to be truthful here, David. In true award bait fashion, Why 64 was the number I chose. Truth be told, I was in love. We were young, we were lively, we frolicked in the meadow together. We had tea in the garden every Sunday, just before church. <laughs> we didn't know each other long, but she and I became inseparable. For 63 days, she and I would talk and would laugh. 63? So short! It was in texts, so sickeningly sweet, it gave our family diabetes. Oh no! <laughs> oh, but it was good times though, oh, it was the best. I, I felt like a, a real man. I felt like I was doing something right, finally. And then one day, she said she had to leave me forever. <laughs> oh, no. Don't leave. She never said why, but she told me before leaving that she would never forget me and that I should live my life to the fullest. And this was our 64th day together. <laughs> and as she told me this, in that very same meadow we used to frolic in together. <laughs> A giant blue bird picked her up and carried her to heaven. Big bird's bastard older brother. A giant blue bird. And I never saw her again. The next day, inspired by my love and her accompanying blue bird, I activated my Twitter account. And ended it in 64 in her memory of how many days we spent together. <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, I know. Oh, Donald, how did you never tell me before? <laughs> I didn't have the guts, you know, I, I didn't have it in me. <laughs> or, you know, alternatively, it was Nintendo 64 or something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Who cares? Ooh, my gosh, that is interesting. You can follow him. <laughs> Matthew Donald 64 on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you got it all. You can download the Ritwit on iTunes, please. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Yep, we're on iTunes again. We're still on there. Oh, I also forgot. We just passed a thousand downloads total, which for, for boom, yeah, which you know isn't a lot for a lot of podcasts, but for one like us who's like still kicking and like trying to get fan audience and it's building up per episode. I'm really pumped, so let's keep this going. Based on this last episode, it should skyrocket. Let's just hope that we don't have too many listeners on this one, so I'll come back for the next one. <laughs> Maybe by next year we'll be up to 1,100 or something. <laughs> so let's end it there. Okay, this is the Ritwaits. I'm Matt Donald. And I'm Matt David. The podcast where us two twits talk about Ritting, except for when we do our witties, where we know... Everything about pop culture. Well, we should talk about Little Ridding here. <laughs> Until next time. All right. <sighs> next month. See you next time. Have a good one, listeners. Keep writing. Keep on writing. The Ridwee. <laughs>